everybody. Uh, welcome to the USL show sponsored by uh, the beautiful game network of podcasts of which you can find all of those podcasts, uh, at the BGNFM on the Twitters and uh, BGN.FM on the internet. It's just type that into your browser for whatever website you use and, and go for it. Unless, you know, you, we start making you pay for it because net neutrality. Hmm. Uh, we're also brought to you by Roughneck Scarves, which you can find at Roughneck Scarves. They don't make you pay to, to visit their website as well. But, you know, that's your home for uh, for men's and women's national team, USL, MLS Scarves, as well as Scarves for uh, for custom fundraisers, things like that. I'm your host, as always, the uh, the lovely, lovely voice behind the show. And um, gay icon now, I think, is 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 a safe assumption. Obviously. Evan Valella. Um, joined as always by, uh, four of my favorite soccer friends, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, Phil Grooms. Hey. Yeah. So, um, for everyone that doesn't know, you look like Neve from catfish now that your hair's short. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that and I had to Google who he is and you know, I'm not upset cause he's not a bad looking fellow. He's not, he's not. So, no. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. But I just think it'd be funny if we did like a USL catfish kind of thing. Yeah. I would you know? love that. I think it'd be a lot it'd of fun. Be, it'd be pretty good. It'd be pretty good. I think. It'd be I don't really know good. who would be involved, but I, I would like it. I would like it. Um, it is the best parts of Chuck Polinick and Elliot Smith combined into one. It is uh, Portland's favorite non lumberjack, and the the biggest member of the podcast, Big Kev, Kevin McCamish. What's up? I'm all right, man. How are you? Good. Are you actually Portland's favorite non lumberjack? I feel like you are. I think as far as uh, the USL and maybe the second team is concerned, yes, let's go with that for sure. <laughs> okay, great, great. I just meant the city in general, and I think I'm still right. Probably. Okay, yeah. Um, it's the man that puts the show in show notes. It is our non-international international correspondent, Ryan Allen. Hello, I did some digging earlier in the week, and I found that Prague, Nebraska was the geographic midpoint of all our club's respective stadiums. Yeah. So that'll be our neutral meeting ground at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Live from Prague. <laughs> USL <laughs> show presents the Gulag. <laughs> wow. They got a baseball field in the city, so NYCFC could one time play there. They could. They could. Louisville will play there next year. Dope day. <laughs> yeah. And um, someone that wowed at my communism reference because, you know, whatever. I make jokes for two people. It's fine. It's uh, it's everyone's favorite brony, pony. I just not like go more than two minutes without a, without a communist comment, but you know, give us all show, comrade. It's okay. We'll get through it together. <laughs> Guys, um, I don't know if you know. I know that some people know, but we'll just tell everybody. Um, this is a podcast that covers the entire United Soccer League, which is one of the most prominent second division soccer leagues in the world. Hold on. It's and not... for some reason, we were given the keys to this whole thing, and that's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, Phil? No, I, I was just making sure this isn't the best, the absolute best second division in the world. Uh, who are you asking, and how much are you paying me to say that? I'm not it's at... certainly the best second division in North America, right? Uh, Mexico? Nah. Hopefully we'll find out. Hey. Hopefully we'll find out with the international episodes and we'll talk about that. Yeah, I want to know. That's, I mean. The good news, guys, speaking of second division, things happening. There was open cup games that got played. And um, we did all right. We did all right. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Louisville, Nashville, and Sacramento all beat MLS teams to advance to round 16 of the U.S. Cup, in which Louisville and Nashville will play each other, which will be fun. Hmm. Um, Louisville defeated New England 3-2 at home with chance of USL recording uh, or echoing around the stadium. Phil, good job on, on catching that one. Oh, man. Uh, Nashville beat the Colorado Rapids 2-0. Um, not a great pitch. Looking at you, Vanderbilt. Uh, but, you know, wins a win. And then uh, Sacramento beat Seattle 2-1 at home. So, um, yeah, guys, any thoughts on the on the successes here? Louisville looked kind of dominant. You know, yeah. like there were like two howlers and then they looked amazing, really. And their uh, New England's own coach went off on his own team after. I mean, it was like. Dude was spitting fire against his own players, saying they weren't yeah. good enough. They didn't want it bad enough. I told them they were going to have to work hard to beat this team, and they didn't listen. I mean, he was harsh. You didn't coach Brad Friedel. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, Louisville looked incredible. They looked great. They did. They did. I didn't stay up for Sacramento. Pony, I know it's you okay. did. I watched it. Well, I actually say I watched extra time. But yeah, Pony, did you watch the whole game? Um, I only came in the second half, but more I saw second look like Kevin, that. you did the first half, Pony did the second half. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> no, I didn't watch the first half because my own team was playing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the more I saw Sacramento looked the better team. They gave up a late goal and then had pretty good composure to get back in extra time. So I think it's been just part of these three teams. They're teams I think we all thought had a pretty good chance of going through. If you, if you told someone only three teams advanced from USL, I think this would be one of the most popular combinations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, Sacramento becomes the only USL side to make the round of 16 in consecutive seasons. They join uh, nine MLS teams who were also in round of 16 last year. Hmm. So, yeah. so let's just have, so we're talking open cup and I've been wanting to have this discussion. So I'm going to ask this question to everybody is what's the difference between USL teams versus MLS teams without DPs? Is there a big difference there? Um, a difference from Minnesota. <laughs> That's a Minnesota dig. You cut out there, Ryan, but I think we all know what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a joke at Minnesota's expense. Yeah. Ooh, that was another one. Um... But Kev, like, what about the your team? The difference is you follow uh, Portland MLS one and two. Yeah. What do you think about about that? Do you think Portland without their DPS would would beat easily every USL team, or you think they'd struggle quite a bit? Um, <clears throat> without their DPS, I don't think that they would struggle. They would probably be a top side, um, but it would be more competitive. Um, I mean, Portland played, they didn't play as many T2 players as they did last season in their first U.S. Open Cup game. We also had Diego Chara playing because he was going to be suspended for the next game anyway Mm -hmm. due to yellow card accumulation uh, in the league match. So that really helped. Um, That game saw, you know, mostly first-team reserve players, four T2 players called up. Um, with Char kind of leading leading the, the team, and they pretty much outplayed a near full strength San Jose. Um, San Jose brought their DPS on. We didn't. Uh, Char is not a DP, so we didn't play any DPS at all and beat them off two nil. The 
going to Sacramento when I was watching the Sacramento versus Seattle game, <clears throat> Seattle just looked exhausted. Like they, they, I think they were starting to lose all their energy even before full time. So I was a little disappointed that they got the goal to, to have to go for another 30 minutes, but I was very impressed with Sacramento being able to um, just keep up, keep up the pace and keep trying. And like the second half of extra time, the field was just tilted at Seattle's goal. Mm. So thank, they got their goal, like what the 115th minute, I believe. Yeah. Something around there. Yeah. Really close to the end. And I'm glad I didn't go to PKs, but that's all Seattle was playing for at that point. Mm. I think it depends on how good your Academy is too. Yeah. Which is a weird, like, intangible thing. But, like, if you just have a really solid academy, then it might not matter a whole lot if you have DPs because you can just churn out kids left and right. And, I mean, we've seen a lot of teams kind of ride that youth, um, hello, LA Galaxy 2, to results recently. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, I I really don't think any um, MLS team would struggle against USL teams. Um, I I think the key is really, well, well, Colorado, Minnesota, obviously, but... I think the key is not DPs anymore Um, with the way that the salary structure is shifting in MLS. It's really matters on the teams that don't utilize TAM players and build more like non DP depth are the teams that are going to struggle playing against USL sides that, you know, are, are going like they're playing for, for a a trophy. Um, Whereas teams like, you know, like Portland and um, other teams that, that develop or are building their teams very well, Atlanta, LAFC, um, you know, they've got their DPs, but they also have a lot of TAM players, a lot of strong depth, that mid range kind of like position four to eight on mm. the table, on the salary structure, those teams, they're, they're not likely to struggle. Yeah. Um, Dallas, I wouldn't imagine, because Dallas and New York Red Bulls with their strong, strong academies, like LA Galaxy, you know, any team with the any team that is building their 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 first team well enough is just not going to struggle is not going to struggle at all in USL. Yeah, well, and I, really put. I completely agree with you, and I think the USL team has as a play in that because, um, I mean, just take for example Ernie Stewart what he's built I'm going to speak for you here Evan what he's built in Philly and in Bethlehem Steel and the academies is something um, pretty amazing and the USL team Bethlehem Steel has been no small part of getting say two uh, I think they're both under 20 center backs under 20 years old yeah, yeah. playing Trust in MLS Mark. there's yeah. no way those guys would have been ready if they went straight from the academy no, to MLS but they played a Even full if they season. Played college, they wouldn't be ready. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's look at Miles Robinson as one of the top center backs, mm-hmm. and he's struggling. He's not doing well in MLS. He's not bad, but he's not ready, and he's not trusted. But look at these two who played straight out of USL, right. um, out of high school. Those two are doing just fine, doing really well. We had kids graduate from high school this this week that played against Louisville. Man. So I mean, it's amazing. We had we had a kid that graduated high school this week that played an MLS match. <laughs> like, the state of it is is amazing. 
Yeah. So this, as the USL show, if we're going to talk about the national team, it's really cool to be able to talk about Ernie Stewart and Bethlehem Steel and Philadelphia Union, who will be quite a hell of a team to have to play in three years from now with, you know, all these veterans who are going to be 21 years old, three-year veterans in MLS. I will say, and this will, this might not win me any fans with the front office, but, uh, everything that you see in terms of setting up an academy and setting up a USL team and setting up a pipeline really in terms of making it, the infrastructure was in place before Ernie came in. Oh, tell me more so about I, that. Cause I, well, have not heard I that so story. I don't want to discredit him for having an influence and bringing in a culture and bringing in a style where it's, it's a lot, it's, you know, the importance is bringing up kids and I also don't want to make this like an hour long podcast about the union. Um, but I, I don't think also to just give him all the credit is fair to anybody either. Cause there are people, you know, um, Academy staff and the Academy director, Tommy, uh, Tommy Wilson and, and countless, countless people. Obviously Brendan Burke is someone that I always give a hell of a lot of credit to because he has to coach these kids in USL. Um, but yeah, the actual infrastructure itself was in place before Ernie got there. That was all Nick Sakowitz, actually. Okay, but Ernie's willing to give these guys a chance, which I think yeah, is sure. still yeah, something Yeah, I mean, you know, new. it's one of those things where, okay, we're not going to spend a ton of money, so we have to build through the academy. Perfect. You scared anyway. me for a second because I thought maybe someone else was responsible no, for No, 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 it's that, not so. anybody that anyone has any fondness for. Yeah, yeah. So, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on from that, um, couple, couple of USL team related things. Uh, USL is making their way to New Mexico. It's not Albuquerque sold PDL apparently. Um, what they're going to be called New Mexico United, I think. Right. Oh yeah. Sounds right. Okay. I believe something. I don't know. Really? I think that's what are, I, what are they uniting? Well, I mean, what did DC? <laughs> An entire right, so, state. Uh, we're up to what a dozen now, or Baker's dozen of teams in the United States with United in their name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Our country United, the United in the name. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's true. Wow, uh, twelve USL teams and the national team. Credit. Credit to you on that one, Ryan. I've been, I've been looking for uh, a pre-roll quote for Ryan, and I think I finally found it. Yeah, we finally we finally have. See, I always I always like tell people I'm like Ryan's hilarious, and he doesn't get enough chance to shine. And I don't know if that's my fault, but there you go, son. There you take go. Your, take your chances. <laughs> Proud of you. We can go to the really small Oregon city of Unity, so we could have the Unity United. Oh my gosh! Hey, please, there we go. please. <laughs> USL D four. Let's get on that. Yep. <laughs> Jump. Uh, there's a hundred people living there, but you know. Well, hey, can eleven of them play soccer competently? <laughs> yeah, we're great. And then um, FC Dallas's two side, which would be Los Toritos, which is what they should have been named, but I digress. Uh, are going to be playing in uh, in Allen, Texas? No relation. Um, and going to start in D3, um, 84,246 people, um, uh, which is, uh, the, the kind of the lower end. So South Georgia torments kind of 
area is 74,000 and Madison, Wisconsin's 233 and Tucson is 520. Um, and then Frisco and Allen are, are just about half an hour away from each other, which is huge because we already know a couple of MLS teams that have that whole, we practice, you know, all of our guys together and send them different places. Yep. So that's no, what I, I thought was, was interesting that they may use the club for, um, uh, just more developmental purposes rather than competitive strength. How do you think that will fit in with the rest of D3? I know Orlando B is are pending a comeback into that league. I, I think Dallas has a really solid Academy setup, like a really solid Academy setup. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of use their two team as a, as a low dose kind of thing. Um, I'm super glad that they, are going to be not in Frisco. Yeah. Um, Me too. And I, but I, and I hope their name is an FC Dallas too. I hope that's just kind of like a placeholder for now. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's dead on. I don't think they are going to care at one bit about winning a trophy in that league. I'm not even, I, that's the thing too, is are they going to care about this team? It doesn't seem like they're going to. Uh, it'll take them two years. I think we've seen that a lot in that you don't really understand what it is the first year. And then if you have it the second year and you start to see results from it, then you keep it around. Yeah. If you don't, you turn in the FC Montreal. Right. And, and not, I don't, I don't, the words are not like they don't care about the team. I think specifically they're not going to care about results. Yes. They just, they they want to develop okay. their Academy players and they, and they've chosen USL Division Three as as the place that they want to do that, and that's totally fine. Well, no, I'm being serious though when I say, are they going to care about the team? Because uh, just like I've said before, why did it take them this long to start it? Hopefully, they're starting it now because they see, oh, we can't keep getting results in MLS without a USL side of some sort. I hope that's what they're doing, but they also may just be saying, well, we probably need to do this, and we're going to throw this into D3 and, and see what happens. Well, it seemed like a couple, or in the years past, that a lot of the MLS sides were catching up to FC Dallas in terms of strength and academy. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know we, exactly. Years ago, we saw FC Dallas basically being touted as this B team in Oscar Pereja, or Pereja. However, his last name is pronounced. So apologies if I mispronounced it. It had it as like the mastermind behind it, and yet FC Dallas recently have missed the playoffs in MLS, and it seems like they've fallen behind. So it also goes back to you, Phil, and asking, I was like, are they doing this willingly to want to improve their team or just the fact that MLS would prefer that they have their own? Exactly. That's fair. That's mm. fair. Both of, both of your viewpoints are, are totally fair. And, and I can totally see it from that way. Pony, got anything? No, I think it kind of comes down to the D3 MLS 2 sides where they are far more concerned about development instead of mm-hmm. play until they actually get in a spot where they can make a playoff run. And that's kind of frustrating from the standpoint of teams who do care about results from square one. It's just a different mindset that at times could lead to some bad on field results. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then uh, what else we got down here? Bill Edwards is upgrading Al Lang stadium. That's a big one. Um, Go listen on you subs for like a actually good rundown on everything. But um, 
this is huge because they're not getting in the MLS ever <laughs> at this point. Um, that's an opinion and it's unfounded, but I, I just can't see an angle for them to get in. Um, but for, for Edwards and I think we saw it with Phoenix and their little pop-up stadium and, um, you know, Red Bull doing, doing all right, breaking a thousand people in terms of attendance and things like that. And, you know, just kind of the amount of people that have paid attention to the USL this year, just to have someone say, yep, uh, I'm going to bring my stadium up to a little over double its capacity just because I want to. Um, basically is really cool. It's amazing. It makes me so freaking happy to see him do this, to kind of plant his flag for USL. And, and I I can't remember if I said this two weeks ago, but I seriously hope more and more cities are going to do this. Like my Mm. city, St. Louis would be basically any fake MLS hopeful out there that isn't going to be an MLS someday. Stop promising your city MLS or stop saying we might make it into MLS. Say, Mm -hmm. screw you. Mm -hmm. We're with Bill Edwards. We're all going to join. We're going to link arms and we're going to tout the name USL United soccer league. And we're going to build stadiums that hold 10, my favorite social media platform. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to build these stadiums that hold 10, 15,000 people. And we're going to try our best to fill them up. And if they do, Mm. God help us. If they do, this could be a serious, serious Division Two league oh, yeah. in the world, like like Edwards would like to claim. I think I mean, we saw it. that with Louisville. I mean, they're building their own place, and, and this is this is easily a very good thing for the league. A rising tide will raise all ships, as far as in terms of stadiums. If you see it working in Tampa, uh, you can see it working in many other cities. Basically, saying, "Why not us? Why can't that just be us?" Yeah, that and, and Phil, I think I think you're dead on about not, you know, uh, continuously selling people on the false hope of MLS. I think that's huge. Yeah, you say here's who we are, here's what we do. The league that we're in doesn't really matter, right? We're we're gonna give it our our all every week because the players don't care where they play, really. Sure, you would love to go and play New York City or or LA Galaxy or, or you know um, the Quakes or Red Bull. You know, like yeah, I, it'd be really cool to play David Villa or whatever. But those guys just want to play soccer, and the fact that we have a second league right now that took calculated risks that are paying off mm. and it's thriving is great, and. Sorry, and feel free to say we're glad handing the league again, but that league office, as much as I give them shit for having terrible commentary, knows what they're doing when it comes to like running a league. Yeah, they do. We're that I think I said this online, we're that mi- that mix between, you know, the freedom that NASL kind of pushed for. I'm sorry. Who? Yeah, exactly. But but also the business sense of MLS, mm. the, the fiscal sensibility of MLS. You put those yep. together, you've got USL. And so, I mean, we could go so far with this. And not, and not to mention, we're losing FC Cincinnati to MLS. But if if they didn't show us, you know, what the best of USL could be, 
Um, we're all idiots. If, if no one tries to, to copy that and make it happen in their own city, sure. I mean, they nailed it. I mean, it was a perfect storm of several variables that came together at the right time. But we can recreate that. We can come close to recreating that in each of our cities. And I mm. think we can look at what they did and, and where they put it and how they did it and, and give it a shot. You know, I think we could we could do it. Yeah, I mean, we're losing Cincinnati, but we're gaining five clubs yeah. supposedly next year with Austin, Birmingham, El Paso, Memphis, and New Mexico. It's mm. big. Or for 2019. Get ready for that Central Conference, Phil. I hope you enjoyed the West again because you won't be in it next year. <laughs> I mean, um, we'll have it no other it's way. It's not a season unless St. Louis has a new conference. That's true. We're going to move you guys. There's going to be like a like a <laughs> super hyper like Midwest conference, and they're going to be like, St. Louis is in that, and it'll be great. You know what I was thinking today? I was mm-hmm. like, we're going to be in the Central next year, and I think it's going to yeah. happen. And then in uh, 2020, they're going to instate uh, promotion relegation, and something's going to happen to force us into a yet another conference in 2020. <laughs> 20. It's got to USL D three Texarkana. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something's Which, gonna um, move they're not us. even in Texas or Arkansas. <laughs> Put them there. Who cares? And the Big Twelve doesn't have twelve teams. That's true. Yeah. Also true. Have college sports conferences takes and jokes. Um, guys, not the good the news team. is we don't have to keep making weird references and and terrible jokes. Soccer happened this weekend. Hooray. It's soccer. Hooray for soccer. That's another reference. Um, starting at the bottom of your show notes, working our way upward so that everyone's with Ooh. me. Orange County one LA galaxy two nil meaning orange County scored once. Los Dos scored no times. Uh, Thomas and Olsen, 82nd minute winner. And uh, LA Galaxy forgot how to score finally. So I think this is yeah. good for them. I think this is really good. I think we saw um, the two two of the uh, wonder Wunderkins, the like Yanez and Munoz. Alvarez is with the Mexican national team. We won't talk about him for now. But um, those guys came on as subs, as attacking subs. And so I wonder, and, and the announcers who are Los Dos announcers, their local guys were like really, really hitting it hard. Oh, look at the defensive shape for Los Dos. Wow, wow. Look how good they're being, that defensive shape. I think it's been really clear that um, the coach who started seemingly from scratch at the beginning of this year with Los Dos um, wanted to figure out the attack, and he figured it out. I think we're all very clear on the fact that he, he figured out the attack pretty well. And then he worked on defense, and that's been their focus lately. And because I think this is their second game in a row where it was a one-zero win or loss, right? I believe. So I think we're just seeing like a, a Los Dos that's kind of evolving and growing um, in front of our eyes, and they're a really fun team to watch. I think Laster had an interesting game. I think he's kind of a new face to the team. Uh, I think they're fun to watch. A lot of young kids. This is Los Dos' third 1-0 loss this year, and I could definitely see them getting hot in the coming weeks as they play the two teams currently at the bottom of the Western Conference at OKC, at Tulsa as they do the Oklahoma swing, and then they host Seattle Sounders, and then we get to see them again against OC on the road just as basically a litmus test to see how they've done in the past weeks. Can they repeat it again? 
they got to put it together. They got to put that attack together with uh, the defense that they've been putting up lately, and, and they could really look good. Yeah, they're not a playoff team, but they could easily be a team that's going to steal a game or two from people who are playoff teams because they have that offensive talent to just suddenly score seven goals in a game. And if they make their defense work, they could grind out a one zero one once or twice here. Who knows? And um, I think OC game planned for Los Dos, where they threw a oh. lot of guys behind the ball against them. Because and they just dared them to score on them with with their I mean OC's had a solid defense all year so uh, they also did game plan at Los Dos and so um, USL may be onto them a little bit uh, so they're gonna have to adjust a little bit here too. Yeah. Next game, Seattle Sounders two that many goals, Oklahoma City Energy one. Seattle picks up a win. David Estrada scores twice in two minutes because why not? And uh, Alex Dixon started things in the 76 pony. Um, you watch this and I happened to see a tweet from you that um, this was not a very fun game to sit through. This was a horrible game to sit through. Yeah. It was the Oklahoma city looked better for most of the game. It's one of those Oklahoma city tale of, they look better and they managed to lose another game here. But this game was just, awful like especially the first half no one looked too good i mean you could have told me this was a average level college team playing an average level college team and i would have 100 percent bought into that yeah and these teams don't they don't look like they were like professional sides i'm not sure that's been a little bit too harsh but there's a reason these two teams are at the bottom of the table and this is this game, especially the first half, is a very clear reason of why they're at the bottom of the table. They don't look up to par on what even the bubble teams are. I mean, there's a reason Oklahoma City's just getting killed most weeks. There's a reason Seattle has no one believing in them. And this was blatantly shown in this on this game. It was just it was painful to watch. I don't usually watch many USL games when there's no other game on and go, boy, I'd rather do something else but I came close to turning this game off a couple of times. Their playing style, especially it was, it was, you know, dump and run. I saw a lot of that in this game. I didn't make it past the half pony. So you're a better man than me. I wasn't doing anything else. <laughs> but That's it, my life on the weekends. It's just watching every little game was on, <laughs> but it really truly did look like a college style of play. I think you nailed it there. Um, was the next match, which was a Sacramento Republic Phoenix rising nil nil draw, as as bad? I think we're disappointed because none of us picked that this would end nil nil. Because who in their right mind would think that? Right. But. Yeah, especially after after Sacramento won three one, I think two weeks ago in Phoenix. So this was just a weird one for Sacramento. I mean, no team had really much offense success. Sacramento missed another penalty kick which has been happening a lot for them this season. I think they've missed three or four now. So that'd be something really nice to get sorted out because they probably could have picked up another five points on the season if they actually made all their penalty kicks. Mm. But I think it was one of those where it almost seemed like both teams were happy with the draw, if that makes sense. They both teams did, were just kind of waiting for the other board to mess up and no one ever messed up. I find that Phoenix away kind of gets that way. <laughs> I've, I always expect them to not score a ton of goals away because they, they just don't. 
Um, and I, I'm still shocked that this game was 0-0. But, but Phoenix away, I mean, they're not looking to score on you a lot. They're just they're going to try to get away with a, a draw or perhaps a win. But they hardly ever lose away either. That's the other thing. Yeah, Sacramento have missed three PKs this year compared to only scoring two PKs this year. Yeah, USL penalties. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> there was more of those this week. Um, Reno won, Fresno won. Uh, hey, Pony and Ryan both said that there was going to be draws on this on this uh, in this game for the latest episode of our friends over at Foxtrot Podcast, and they're right. So that's why we're the best podcast about <laughs> USL. We're right all the time when it matters, which is when we're on other people's podcasts. I've been meaning to listen to that. Know. You Reno. guys talked about tactics yeah. and stats and stuff, right? Yeah, correct. It was a really fun episode. Just go over stats and uh, Pony also previewed their match against uh, Sacramento in the coming weeks. I got to go yeah, back and listen. I managed to barely get on that one. I ended up having to work like two hours of overtime and expected on that day. So Good. I snuck in there. Mm. Uh, Reno unbeaten in 10, which is crazy. Yeah, they caught fire this time last year. They're not really winning as many games this season, but they did the same thing where the first month they looked like the worst team in the league, and suddenly they turned things around. Reno currently have the second most draws in the Western Conference at six, only behind Fresno, who have the most draws at seven. Really? It's not Tulsa? That's a problem. Tulsa also has a seven draws with Fresno. Okay, I remember. I think I... Tulsa like drew five in a row at one point, so I was surprised they didn't have a lot. RGV is also at seven. There are a bunch of clubs at seven, and Reno just kind of nestles themselves right beneath them. A draws. Is the most draws this year actually goes to the Etch Sketch in Toy Story. There you go. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Is Reno a good example uh, Kev, of what it would be sorry, like? Go for it. I'm so sorry, but is Reno no, a good, good example point. of what it would be like if like USL had some form of TAM money to work with? Because last year Kinda. they had two all-star USL players, but uh, this year they don't. So they're like kind of average this year, but last year they were killer. <laughs> Anyone with me on that? Is that too deep? Is that a too, bit. too far yeah, stretch? I mean, yeah, it's okay. Super inside baseball. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're all about, though, right? A little bit. A little bit. Hey, Kev, Portland Timbers 2, 1. RGV, nil. You're doing it. Correct. You guys have passed up your points for all of last year already, right? For, like, all of last year's combined. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yes, but that was, like, three or four games in the season we did that. <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point, I think we may have exceeded the point total for the entire history of the club combined. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we haven't, but you, you know what I'm getting at. It's, yeah, they're pretty ridiculous. One loss in the last six matches. So, again, my hat tips to San Antonio for a fantastic play in that game. Portland, five shutouts in their last six wins. Uh, yeah, we're pretty. We're we're doing it. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Second place in the West. You could have told me that at the beginning of the season. I would have been like, "What are you smoking?" 
I'd be happy with just barely making the playoffs. Second place was not even considered. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a fun team to watch. Good team, which is, I, I don't really know how you feel because Steel made the playoffs last year, but I, I know how you feel. <laughs> I got you. It, I, it is a fun team to watch. If we have yeah. all of the first team players that are getting loaned down and getting lots of minutes, they play very well. Kev, you're just nine points away from beating your 2015 total of 35 and the most points of the Timbers two team ever earned in club history was 40 points in 2016. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kev, I wanted to ask you, cause I couldn't catch the game. How did uh, Langsdorf and Williamson, Williamson, William, how did those guys look in uh, the open cup game? Did they play? They, I'm trying to think they did play. It, I'm confused, be, like not not I'm confused because they ended up getting on the bench for a league game when T2 was playing San Antonio. Yeah. So it's kind of like it, it, those two games are too similar to each other that that I'm almost like, did they play? I don't remember. Um, Langsdorf, I think, came off the bench, and Williamson came off the bench, if I remember correctly, on the Open Cup match. Um, they both look MLS ready. Hmm. I, I was hesitant to say that earlier, but these two guys, and even Marvin Loria, who's signed a T2, uh, they came out and just in the U.S. Open Cup match just looked good. That's great. And and if I, I really think that uh, some of these guys are going to be making MLS minutes sooner rather than later. I always like to see how well they do to kind of judge the uh, the gap. Mind the gap. Yep. <laughs> Phil St. Louis three, Tulsa nil. Uh, Tulsa, <laughs> not not great. They looked bad in this game. They really did. They looked defeated. Um, honestly, when it was one zero, they looked kind of defeated. It was, it was it was not pretty to watch. You just get the you get the vibe that something's going on over there, or it's you know. Too much losing kind of makes a, a team kind of give up because mm. you see some players like really into it still, and you see a lot of other players not so much. I remember uh, there was like a free kick by a player that was loaned down to them, and he kicked it, and like no one even tried to go for the ball, even though it was a really yeah. good ball in. And he just started yelling at dudes, and no one responded. No one, I mean, it, it's just ugly in Tulsa. Culture thing at this point. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's just, yeah, exactly. There's culture. Something's going on over there. But but St. Louis um, has this, it's their second game in a row, second win in a row, and, and they're looking better after a bad stretch of lots of games in a short amount of time. But um, I've been – Here's the story I'm going to I'm going to tell. I'm going to throw a little sure. bit of, of water on on everything because St. Louis just beat a Swope Park who sent all their best players up for the for the cup, for the Open Cup. And um we just beat Tulsa. And so it's got to be good for morale. It's got to be something that's kind of good for our team as we get a few reinforcements back from from injury. Um to have two wins like that 
to go up against Real Monarch Monarchs coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the best for my team. And I got really excited for a while, just like I got really disappointed after the loss to Phoenix 3-0. But I'm, I'm tempering expectations because of, of what is, you know, the, the teams we just saw are not as good as I think. We sure. shouldn't get too excited, I guess, basically. So, Kyle Greig guy is, uh, is good. He's good. He's really good. We're so lucky we got him. He was one of the latest additions to our squad. And I, we, honestly, we picked him up and I was like, uh-oh, coach doesn't like Valeski. That was my first reaction. Mm-hmm. And then Greg came on after Valeski got his chances. Greg kind of came in as a sub at first and delivered. And then he became a starter. And then Valeski got traded. So here we yeah. are. Uh, Greg's yeah. a great player. The dude, he, he just knows how to produce. Fair enough. And yeah. St. Louis are playing Real Monarchs in Sacramento in their next two matches. They're hosting Monarchs and then traveling into Rough. Sacramento. So it definitely seems like these next two games will be a big test for St. Louis. And finally, uh, uh, other than Phoenix, who we got destroyed by in, in that game uh, where we had a lot of games in several in a couple of weeks, um, we, we haven't had a good test, to be honest. We've not seen Belmar with Swope twice now, so we beat them. But, I mean, what kind of test is that? So, like, this is going to be our biggest test going up these two teams here. We did fine against Portland in one game, and they, they eked us out on the other. So... You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is the best test we've had. Colorado Springs nil, Swope Park one. Haji Berry scores in the 40th minute, and um, yeah, good three points for Swope Park. So that's the. However, Swope Park just beat Colorado Springs without their best players. So yeah, you know. Yeah. And you do. There's too much back and forth in the middle of the table in the West. There's way I too much it though, because it's going to make it Gosh. really fun for that like last couple playoff spots. It's an absolute mess. There's like six teams that could get into yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, but the car crash is really exciting. Yeah, says the guy. Yeah, you'll love it in the East. <laughs> I mean, the last four wins for Swope Park Rangers have all been one no results. Two of them coming into Colorado Springs, and what I think is more impressive is Carlton Belmore still leads the team. In goals with eight goals on the year, Haji Berry is second with five. But Belmore, I don't believe, has played for Swill Park Rangers in a couple weeks. Has gotten three appearances or three call ups to the big first team. He scored a goal against Real Salt Lake in their mm-hmm. Open Cup match. He even played in a couple minutes at the end of their match against the Portland Timbers, which Kev, I think you attended this past weekend. Yeah, I was. I saw him like uh, before the game started. I was like. Is that Belmar? It looks a lot like Belmar. Now I was really close to the field, and he was uh, shaking some hands with some Timbers trainers, and you know, saying, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, they're all uh, good to be back for a second. But yeah, he got he it was it was the last sub right of that game. Yeah, it was the last couple minutes. Good for him to get some MLS minutes. Yeah, and he still leads the league in goals too, I believe. Can almost be one of those Jack McBean situations from a few years ago where the <laughs> a complete error. <laughs> miss half the season because we're yeah. playing on a, on a better team and still finishing the top three for total goals scored. Yeah. Went to Coventry City halfway through the year. Yeah. Yep. Leave yep. the country, come back, and you're still running things. It's fine. It's awesome. It's fine. Play half your games with Florida and Kansas City, and you still score more goals than half the, the clubs yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yep. considering Carlton Belmore with eight goals, it's still more goals than OKC has this year with seven. Oh, yeah. 
Tampa won, Nashville won. Good game. Tampa. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> how do we? How do we feel about how our boy uh, Collins is doing over there? I that I'll, that team isn't getting any younger. <laughs> Even with Collins out, huh? Well, no, but like I think that's their problem because I think, and I was talking to Dan from Onion Subs about it. Uh, it would have been Saturday night, I suppose. And you know that window that they have to win a title, getting really tight. Ugh. Pony so posted. like they have to, they have to be a selling club, but they don't want to be, and everyone kind of knows how much those guys are worth, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Not a great spot to be in. Pony posted his rankings, which are pretty, usually pretty, pretty on the, on the point there. And uh, what Tampa Bay was down in like sixth or eighth or worst or worse. Where were they? You know, it's, um, they are tenth now, but it's basically a tie from Jeez. eighth, ninth, and tenth. They're basically all tied up. It's really scary. It's really scary if you're a Tampa Bay yeah. fan with all that talent. Yeah, I mean Tampa Bay have just. Go ahead, Pony. Sorry. It's also, I mean, they some of their last few games, the only really bad result has been an Atlanta draw. Yeah. I don't think you're really going to be too upset drawing Nashville and Pittsburgh. Those are two very, very good teams. And I like the direction they've gone. It sounds like, listening to Unused Subs, that they didn't have much of a choice but to play three in the back because they don't have either a right back or a left back. I forget which one they're kind of missing right now. Um, But it's worked. I mean, if you're going to be a team with that much attacking talent, then why not go balls out with just three in the back, you know? So sure. I liked it. It's a ballsy move. And, and yeah. Collins's replacement apparently is, is doing just fine. So yeah, keep going, keep pushing. I think they'll come back a little bit at least. I, mean, I wouldn't want to play them. Go ahead, Evan. I wouldn't want to play them as a, as a low seed. Like if I was a two seed and they were seven, like that would not be fun. No, oh, right. I see what you're saying. On the road, so who cares? That too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Phil, you are right. They definitely have built up their kind of offensive prowess. They took 25 shots in this match, six of which were on target. But I was shocked it took them with that many shots that it took until the 84th minute to equalize the match. Mm-hmm. I know, and I watched a lot of that, and I just was like, when are they going to score? I mean, they keep. Keep putting those those shots on goal. I don't know. I feel like some of this is bad luck, but that's hard to say because a lot of teams who feel like they have bad luck, there's something going on. You know what I mean? So, but isn't Nashville a good defensive side in the East? Yeah, but if you're getting shots on goal, I mean that many shots, dang. I, I know, but Nashville is considered a wrong uh, top three best. Yeah. Uh, defensive sides in Eastern Conference, along with uh, Louisville and Pittsburgh, who've both uh, given up seven goals this year through 11 and 12 matches, respectively. You're Nashville's right. given up eight through 12. You're definitely right, Kev. I mean, maybe maybe Nashville's really good at making those 26 shots suck. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's seriously. They could be no, really good. I understand. At that. Like you can ju- you just fire literally everything you've got. You get a lot of shots on goal, and you, I mean you'll eventually even the best defensive teams will succumb and cough up stuff late in the match. That happens. That's why when you're down, you throw everything yeah. you've got. But I'm not surprised that it took them that long to score because Nashville's a good defensive side. And the reason why they're you know as high as they are in, in the 
conference right now is because they've been able to uh, get those shutouts and, and, and get points before they're uh, before they basically grabbed Brandon Allen and started to score goals. Yeah. So let's move to that before we move on, Evan, you got to give us some Brandon Allen talk. It sounds like you're kind of conceding that maybe this was a good move for that, that gentleman per personally. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what does he have to eat? Hey man, stand in the box. Leba Maloto is going to feed you some balls. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't do that? I could scoot. Well, no. <laughs> just because me being like well yeah like who who wouldn't be able to turn in a couple balls from Lebo Maletto still downplays it but yeah what Brandon Allen doing is doing right now for Nashville literally has them playing like a top three team in the Eastern Conference and I'm glad that it's worked out for seemingly both teams also the answer is whoever was there before Brandon Allen started scoring goals that's the answer to that question uh Lebo Maloto was just kind of a one man. Him and Mensa were kind of I know running things, and I think Allen's a little more crafty than yep. Mensa is, at least currently. Well, it's the other two I'm talking about. I can't remember. Oh, names fair right enough. Now. Yeah, sorry. Some guys. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this was a match. Penn FC three, Toronto FC two, two. I thought this was the game. I really did. I was like, here it is. Iowa Akinola scores 13th minute. That'll be it. It's going to be a one nil. It'll be stupid. <laughs> Ken Trivet scores twice in two minutes. Uh, Jordan Hamilton gets one back in the 68th. And I'm like, all right, Toronto gets a draw. It's not bad. It's cool. And then um, your only hope, Jerry Ortiz. And there's a, there's, well, your only hope, the center official. And there's a handball. Penalty kick awarded and Penn FC convert and they take a three, two win and Toronto FC still don't know what they're doing. Um, also the star Wars kids will never not be terrible. Uh, but I support Penn FC. Oh, I'm sorry. It was their first star Wars night ever. So I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Rookie mistake. I apologize. Sorry. This is a joke so the- about Penn FC not being associated with. Who? No, 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 right? they, okay. they're a new team. Phil. <laughs> Thank you. Just making sure yeah. that's where we're going here. <laughs> yep. No, no, no. They're a brand new team. There's never been a soccer team that played in Harrisburg. There's never been a soccer team that played in Harrisburg that had a guy in Germany buy a bunch of their star Wars kits last year. Never been a thing. Never been a thing. Anyway. Oh, it is, you are I mean, so least... inside right now, but you are on such a roll. I hope I'm not bitter. I'm this. not, I'm not bitter. And Ken Trivet <laughs> never played for Penn FC before. Cause they never existed. I don't know. Oh I don't my know. Gosh. I don't know. Trivet's by the way, Trivet's a center back, right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure that dude is the forest lasso of this season. Uh, he's not that big. Like he's not like that big. He's I'm big, assuming but he's not these Forrest are Lasso big. free kicks uh, and corners. He's a great USL center back. And as critical as it was for him in Bethlehem Steel, when the idea was you're supposed to go to the first team, he'll be fine here. And he, he has been fine here. He scored a bicycle kick for Christ's sake. Yeah. These are all like set pieces, right? He's scoring on us. Oh yeah. Corners for sure. Okay. Yeah. Two corners. There we go. Mm-hmm. I will at least say that was a weak handball in the box. I remember watching the final 10 minutes of this match and I just couldn't believe, I don't think there was even contact with the ball between the Toronto defender or, and that shot. It was a very weak handball call in the box and Toronto have now lost seven consecutive matches. And this is the first, and this match was the first time they let at any point in the match since their May 16th fixture against Atlanta United two. And this was also Penn's first win since May 9th, when they also played Toronto FC two and got a win against them then. 
I think we missed one. It was Indy 11 2 Atlanta. Did we? I apologize. We did. We'll go back to it. Indy 11 2 Atlanta United 2 0, meaning Indy scored twice and the uh, three three stripes. What are they calling themselves? Five. Six, nine, five, five stripes for their uh, seven or in the first team, but they're <laughs> their, um, half, five, the two and a half stripes. 15. <laughs> My favorite Jack White band, the two and a half stripes. 3.14159 stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the team that had so the much potential that- and we were excited about their academy moving up to USL and has not. Jerry's not still out in the academy, but this is not going well in terms of results. It's been bad. <laughs> Matt Watson, 30th minute. Carlisle Mitchell, 55th minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. It happened. It did. Great. Um, Glad we went back and talked about that game. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sure. I mean, you know, it happened. I don't know if people want us to talk like, and I, I feel bad for like glossing over an indie victory. But I mean, they were supposed to win this game. Yeah, yeah like, but I mean, it's, United 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 too. it's like, one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, what do you suppose? You do what you're supposed to. And unless yeah. something crazy happens, like Star Wars night in a 96 minute, you know, handball, we're not really going <laughs> to get out of here. Hey, yeah, big, they had 10,000 people in Indy inside that, that's that true, dome. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, yep. for sure, for sure. New York Red Bulls 2, 4, Charlotte Independence 2. I hate when this happens. New York scored four times. Charlotte scores twice. Um, I heard two in there twice. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. You mean New York Red Bulls scored six times and you said it wrong? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. They scored four times. Charlotte scored twice. <laughs> Um, this is like kind of the Red Bull of old we saw here in that we're going to score a lot of goals and you can score goals too, but you just can't score as many as we score. Would you say that happens about every fourth game? We see the old. Yeah. It's like once in a full moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) At first we thought, I thought Atlanta United was going to be like Red Bull too, but that didn't pan out. New York Red Bull three, basically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That won't throw people off. Um, yeah. Interestingly, uh, Charlotte Independence and their losses this year, including their Open Cup loss, have all been by two goals. In fact, this is the first time they they've lost this year, and they've also scored because in the league play, their previous losses were all two no results. They're a crazy side. They are Charlotte. Yeah. I don't know what to make of them at all. I, they're the one team where I'm like, if they're playing a mid-table team, I really have no clue to where to go with it. It seems like half the teams we talk about are crazy teams that we just don't know how they're going to play on any given night. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Those that's wild true. and crazy teams. That's probably just you, the nature what's of What's more wild is Charlotte's still currently fourth in the Eastern Conference, which is much higher than it seems like they've been playing. I agree. Yeah, I could see Charlotte. I think Charlotte's going to be a tail-end playoff team at this point, but they could be one of those really scary tail-end playoff teams where I could believe they sneak into, like, eighth place and knock off the one seed, and I could believe they sneak into eighth place and lose 4-0. I heard a player talk about, a St. Louis player talk about Charlotte saying they just, they refuse not to play out of the back. They just, like, insist on playing soccer, you know? 
So it's really good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a cool thing. And I think that kind of shows where like, if they're going to insist on playing somewhat pretty soccer, then sometimes yeah. it's going to go bad. And then sometimes it's really going to pay off. Perhaps that's what refusal we're to not play out of the back makes them the LA galaxy of, of, of USL. <laughs> I mean, I also want to give props to the New York Red Bulls too for breaking the thousand mark in attendance this week. Highest attendance match of all season for them. At first, I thought you meant like this season in total, and I was like, "Ouch!" <laughs> but nope. They, uh, I thought that was going to be uh, DC United versus North Carolina dig in the Open mm. Cup attendance. Mm. Yeah. Didn't yeah. the coach say there were a hundred and fifty people out here? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina is nil FC Cincinnati two. Danny Koenig becomes FC Cincinnati's all time leading goal scorer. Congratulations. Sorry. Magustulation to him. And, uh, and Jimmy McLaughlin scores in the 87th minute. So three wins in the last four for Cincinnati. Phil to debunk your theory. North Carolina has 20 shots, but, uh, scored no times. (laughs) So there you go. Punching holes in my theory. Yeah. You know, it's all right. It's that proving works. that my faith in FC Cincinnati is is proving correct. I've been I've been ranking them pretty high in my power rankings. So they're good. Yeah. Someone. I mean, yeah, and they keep just... rotating players. That's the other thing, and they don't seem to drop off much when they rotate players. That's really right. good for long term success. Yeah, this is a lot. This is similar to how I saw the. Uh... Indy, Indy Atlanta game where you have one team who should be squarely in the playoffs, one team who's not good, and the better team just goes out and takes care of business, mm-hmm. which is what we want to be seeing Cincinnati doing here. I mean, I agree. They're probably the number two or three team, depending on what day of the week it is right now. Mm-hmm. I Here's something that I heard on Extra Time Radio that bothered me, is sure. they're talking about FC Cincinnati next year and how they were thinking that Minnesota – going into their first season. You know, both these teams are being rushed into MLS where they're starting the season after they were announced. Yeah. Yeah. So they were saying that Minnesota had two or three or four players that they could just throw right in that they already had. And Mm -hmm. that FC Cincinnati really doesn't have any MLS players. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't either. I think that was uninformed. And that's... that's I I think... Cincinnati just went toe-to-toe with Minnesota for 120 minutes in the Open Cup. I mean, yeah, it was still a late no-no result that saw them lose on penalty kicks, but... So, off the top of my head, here we go. Uh, Emmanuel Ledesma is definitely going to make the jump. Forrest Lasso will make the jump. Jimmy McLaughlin will be there. Um, they will take one of Kenny Walker or Corbin bone. Exactly. Um, Fucking nailed it. F word. And I think Emery Walshman goes over as well. Maybe he's not. They bring up pretty goal score. But just because I don't think, I don't think Danny Koenig does enough. I agree for with MLS. You. I agree with you. Someone will be like, Oh, look at how many goals he's got. I get it. Anyway, but yeah, no, that's, that's a terrible opinion. That's clearly someone that has not watched enough of FC Cincinnati. It was Matt Doyle and who actually does watch USL, you know, to his credit, but I I thought he was wrong and I'm glad you guys kind of agree with me. The only reason I brought it up is because I was questioning myself. I'm not trying to rip him to pieces. I was like, well, maybe he's right. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Uh, 
yeah, this this is an unfortunate one for Charleston. Uh, Richmond two, Charleston nil. These are always fun matches. These are always very unpredictable matches. Um, but yeah, Charleston's unbeaten run of ten games ends at the hands of, a, of an old guard shield slash just general rival here. Um, I picked Charleston Battery solely because they've been pulling out results that I haven't expected them to pull out lately. And they're ranking obviously where they are in the standings right now. But when I put down the Charleston want was going to win this game in my, my pickums, I was like, I was hesitant because Richmond, they just, these two, you just never know. Yeah. Richmond's good at home usually. And Charleston has been pretty bad on the road this year. Hmm. Talk about Tampa, but. Charleston still only has one win on the road, and that's against Atlanta. At home, they're good, but I fail to see them staying where they are on the table if they can't start pulling stuff together against anybody on the road. Yeah. Richmond with all four of their wins this year at home, and their previous uh, victory before that was a one that was all over Tampa Bay. They've also beaten a North Carolina FC, so if they can beat Charlotte, they would have finished off the Carolina sweep. It's <laughs> good stuff. That rubber match comes on June 23rd. It's coming up. Uh, and then what do we got? Two more games. Your team's next. Yeah, man. Bethlehem nil, Louisville nil. This was a uh, weird... I wasn't surprised at this result, even though I didn't guess it. Honestly, Louisville looked really leggy. Um, and James O'Connor said that he thought they were leggy, and I, I don't disagree. Um, and, and for a team like Bethlehem, with the advantage of not coming off of an Open Cup game um, huh. and having a lot of young, pacey dudes, yeah, you know, a little bit more foul trouble, I think, early on for Louisville. Um, and, and this is a different game. Um you know, Chris Nanko barely misses a header and, and um, a couple of penalty shouts, but um, no. And, you know, honestly, Brian Ownby came on in the second half and looked like he wanted to run through everything and, and almost did. Um, he's a great player. I think he's got some, um, uh, for some reason, I think he's got some confidence right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it's almost like he scored a really pretty goal in the yeah. open cup against an MLS team, but who knows? Um, yeah, really good, really good result for Bethlehem. Um, I, I wrote that they were going to have to be better than their best. Um, and I, and I thought they were, and now we get to see him in two days play, uh, that, that Cincinnati team for the last time in, in a USL setting before, since he starts playing the, the big boys in, in Philly. So, um, yeah, I Benefimu, like I could, it, I could gush over. He's seventeen. He's six four, one ninety. Um, I don't know what they feed people in Michigan, where he's actually from. But uh, he is large, and he's very good, which is scary because he's another center back, Phil. <laughs> I, I call Bethlehem the center back factory for the national. We do, team. and honestly, Jeremy Raffanello was a forward and an academy kid, and he played very well in his in his cameo appearance to 15 minutes or so. So that was exciting. Um, yeah, really good result. I, I think Louisville will be disappointed that they didn't play a little better. Um, credit to the to the folks that came because that's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, a, a solid match, and I'm I'm very happy with the point there. Definitely should be happy. I think that was great. 
And then uh, Real Monarchs SLC keep uh, keep keep winning that soccer thing. Uh, two nothing over RGV in the in the first match of this week. I still um, feel like RGV is underperforming, and I feel like they could be doing better with the talent. A bit, yeah, but honestly, like if you look at uh, Real Monarchs possession stats, one of those, you know, if the other team doesn't have the ball, they can't score. And uh, RGV didn't see a whole lot of the ball, so they didn't score. But I don't think they want the ball. I don't think they care. They They're are... comfortable without it. I don't like saying that teams don't want the ball because I, I know there's there's a lot of teams that You're I think right. we could say, oh, they really don't care about possession. Um, I, I think it's more that they're comfortable without it and don't mind counterattacking. Yeah, and and my I keep saying this, and they just yep. are not dangerous enough on the counterattack. They're not ridiculous enough on the counterattack. I keep comparing them to Char- uh, um, sorry, Charleston of last year, where they need to look like Charleston on the counterattack because that was the best counterattack in USL last year, and it paid off in the beginning of the season. They need to look like that, and they have the talent to pull it off. For Mario Williams and all, they could do it. Yeah. What I think will be interesting is uh, Real Monarchs are currently unbeaten at home this year with six wins and one draw. Yet their next five matches in league play, four of them are on the road, so it definitely will put them on a test as they go at Soul Park Rangers and St. Louis to do a um, Kansas-Missouri trip this week then come back to host Fresno, who would then go back on the road to Reno and then uh, top the table clash against uh, Sacramento on July 7th is definitely one to circle on your calendars. Nice. I think the Monarchs are still the best team to league, bar none. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they have the West essentially won by September. Mm. If, they have, if they have actually literally won the supporters' shield before the last month of the season. I mean, I could see them taking a 10, 15 point buffer on everybody at this point. I'm with you, Pony. Hoping for a draw or better yeah. in St. Louis, but I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, Real Monarchs currently have uh, 31 points in the table right now, and you'd have to go, that's a five-point gap, going back to Essence, Cincinnati, and Portland, who both have 26 points, and first of the East and second of the West. Yeah, I think they could, might even be able to get to close to 90 points on a season. Oh, my gosh. So we're looking at, like, is that... Is that a record in USL? We need to start looking into that. I think that definitely be a record. Jeez. Yeah, it sounds right. I mean, I mean, it's a 34 game season, so like every season we've been adding two games. Yeah, that's true. So it would have to be. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. We 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 yeah, saw this well coming done. though. They were already this good last year, and then they yeah. add Portillo and Chang, and yep. they on top of that they're bringing up more and more academy kids. Uh, their Ledesma <laughs> is looking really good as a ten. Who, but he's a 17-year-old Ledesma, so I mix yeah, up they all the first 67 games. points last year. Gosh, I mean, seriously. They're almost halfway to, the, almost halfway to clinching the shield. They, I mean, <laughs> if Real Marks went out, they'll hit 94 points, which is approaching Manchester City levels of ridiculousness. I think Real Salt Lake fans need to just start watching Real Marks. The best and all the world. No. Manchester City, not Real Monarchs. Sorry, <laughs> the Monarchs. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. I would. I mean, you know, if they play each other, right. we'll find out. Let's see. Listen, yeah. they did get their Real from Real Madrid. I don't know what you're talking about. Real Monarchs. FIFA 19, make it happen. Real. That's that's why they're <laughs> called Real. Real Salt Lake, same way. They're like I thought this was like a Real totally Madrid. American thing. To, to no, no, no. To they're like technically an affiliate of Real Madrid. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's not the real monarchs. I'm just it's kidding. Kidding. It doesn't make any better, but I mean, Utah United Town FC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mormon Mormon SC. I'm just stealing stealing Ryan Allen's Allen Texas Club name. <laughs> well, actually, guys, well, I, they didn't want me to tell anybody this. Uh, they meaning USLD three folks, but uh, they are literally calling the team in Allen, Texas, the Ryans. <laughs> and everyone on the team has to have the first name Ryan or the last name Ryan. So Richie Ryan will be there. Um, <laughs> Is that it? That's it. That's all they got. Uh, that's all you need. Still honestly, working. just, a, you know, an angry. <laughs> UK guy. All right. Um, For the first big player, would you sign like Joe Allen from Stoke City? Yes. Okay. I didn't know we could cheat, but yeah, we'll do that. Um, Joe Allen. um, Well, no. Well, I guess. guess. That's not a Ryan. I know. I know. That's why I'm having some problems. They'll sign sign Ryan Styles from whose line is it anyway? (laughs) Um, There we go. That's a very good reference. Um, Evan, I love you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> a name no one under 20 will ever have no. heard before. No, no, not. It's uh, probably like, who the? Um, <laughs> Ryan McBride. There we go. <laughs> B Ryan. His, yeah, his, B. The back of his jersey is going to be B, B. Ryan. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's favorite former Columbus crew. Besides the whole team. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> did it. Uh, yeah. If you want to follow the show, feel free to do so at the USL show on the Twitter. That would be cool. Um, we also have a website, the USL show.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes. Uh, we're sorry for the first couple. Um, and that's where you can find our Patreon. You can click that box there. It'll take you to it. Feel free to donate to us financially. That would be cool. Um, but you don't have to, which is beautiful because God forbid I make people pay for this before they listen to it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, also check out our friends at Soccer Loco. Follow that link, buy things, we get a little kickback, and you get some cool soccer stuff. What's what's not to love? Uh, um, if you want to follow Pony, you can do that. He's at Iron Pony Chef, um, as well as one of the two people on this podcast that writes for uh, for Indomitable City Soccer, which I always feel like I'm going to mix up, but I didn't. Uh, and that's at Blurbs Indomita on the Twitters. Also find the lovely Ryan at uh, ILM underscore Ryan, which is my favorite airport in the country. It's actually not. It's Denver's. Thank you for asking. Um, You can find Kev because I didn't do this the last time that we did this. I didn't actually mention that Kev has a Twitter. He has one. It's exciting. It's at K McCamish PDX. He's also a PTK podcast. Uh, And um, no, that's it. At Stumptown Footy. It's not it. There we go. I got all three of them. And then you can find the lovely Phil Grooms at uh, Neve Shulman on Twitter. That's me. Yep. Catfish, y'all. Listen to it Saturday nights on the Um, CW Network. It might even just be at Neve. No, you can actually find Phil Grooms at Phil with two L's and Grooms with two O's on the Twitter, as well as uh, at STL Soccer Report. So, uh, and if, if for whatever reason you want to hear, see, or interact with me more on a personal level, uh, at Valella, which is my last name, V as in Victor, I L L E L L A B S F C on the Twitters. Um, yeah. So guys, uh, thanks for hanging out. We went a little long this week, but that's cause we had a lot of news things and got sidetracked. It happens. Um, up the Ryan's and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>